Since 2008, Marvel Studios has brought us over 10 years of cinematic blockbusters, and nothing will ever be the same. Can we, as mere mortals, prevail? Join us to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. True believers, the next chapter begins with another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our special guest, because now I, I'm going to acknowledge that there's a guest, Eddie, you know. Go for yeah, it. There we go. But anyway, before we get into that usual rigmarole, people, tell us how we can get a hold of us on social media, No, Eddie. you do that, well, please. No, 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 you. Uh, you, I insist. Okay. A-E-I-O-U. And... Sometimes, Sometimes why. why. <laughs> yes, together. We love it. Synergy. Anyway, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash... The Marvelists. Give us a like on there. Give myself a like. Facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. And we're also on Twitter, Eddie. Yes. At... The Marvelists. Give us a like or give us a follow on there because obviously... You, well, I mean, you can like a Twitter. You can be like, I like the content that they have on my timeline. They're nice like, little birdie. Little Bert, tweedledee deedledee deet. Tweedledee deedledee deet. Yeah, that, that that's a Robin. Kind of like, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah rock and Robin. Through the treetops all day long. <sighs> something, something. Anyway, follow myself on Twitter at Peter Melnick. You can, all my rambling BS is on there too, so. And yeah. here as well. Exactly. You can also find us on Instagram where there's not, where, if you have video, yeah, there's rambling BS for me, but oh. give us a collective follow on there at. The Marvelous. Give myself a follow on Instagram at Peter Melnick and yourself at Eddie9193. You can also drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, pictures, a spider hyphen man, because you got to respect the hyphen. Always. Yeah, it's just all that good stuff. Drop us a line in our email bag. Again, themarvelists at gmail.com. Because you can never, you know, push the rewind button. You know, we're just going to say it. You know, repetition is beautiful. Repetition is, is beautiful. This is not Repetition the, is beautiful. Toy boat, toy boat. This is not <laughs> a cassette recorder. My mm -hmm. name is Omar J. Fudd. I'm a millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. Again. <laughs> <laughs> also, people, you can find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the Four Horsemen. Woo! Ah, jeez, I'm so sorry. You, you jumped, too. Anyway, that... I should realize that we're doing a podcast, and our audio engineer, John, just probably also had his ears explode with me going, woo. Thanks a lot. Sorry. But SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. Can you hear me now? I, I think we can. Good. Let all those good audio listening platforms. And when you're on iTunes, remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And I believe I didn't say it, but Stitcher. Stitcher. Did I say it? You said it. I did? Okay, good. But stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And when you do, you get one free month of Stitcher Premium. Free. Which, free. Free. A free month. It's free as a not bird Not three. Now. Free month. Like Not, not four not, like the horseman. Not woo. paying for. And I'm, I, I, I restrained my woo, Eddie. It was a better woo. Woo. Like uh, the it, owl. It sounds like a woo. ghost going to a proctologist. That's okay. But 
Eddie. Spe- not, speaking speaking of other butts. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> ah, tremendous. Anyway. Hit bottom. Somebody's bottom. Wow. <laughs> this is the topic of this episode. Superheroes going to, well, I mean, the meme going on right now with Thanos and Ant-Man. Have you seen that? Uh, Ant-Man briefly. can beat him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Oh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, once again, stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And when you do, Eddie's not dealing with my chicanery today, I noticed. Mm, I am. <laughs> well, just a little bit. Uh-huh. But anyway, when you do, you get one free month of Stitcher Premium and you can listen to a plethora of content, including the Nerdist archives, the Smodcast archives, the Earwolf archives, and of course, Wolverine, The Long Night from Marvel. Correct. Amundo. Hey. But I don't, know, I don't know why I did a finger snap for this, but hey, you did it again. Because a thumbs up isn't making any sound now, is it? But yeah, you heard me say at stitcher.com slash premium, promo code marvelous at checkout, etc. helps out the show. And by the way, after that free one month is over, it's only four ninety nine a month. Yes. And when you're on there, people, we think you should just stay on. But when you sign up for the free one month, helps out the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. For the marvelous, I'm pe- no, Eddie. We always you... have to wonder how many minutes does it take before we get to a guest. Well, yeah, and but... this is about four. So, in the interest of fairness, have you listened to a Kevin Smith podcast? Uh, no. It's it's like a twenty-five minute Broadway. Yikes. Well, you know, a way into the podcast, and then he introduces them. He gets the ordinances to be able to do the podcast on Broadway. Well, I think so. Wow. I mean, you he know, must know people. Phil Collins is on there. Oh wait, no, that was uh, Peter Gabriel. Well, I mean, he was in Genesis anyway. The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Thank you, sir. Jeez. Many I'm, musical references here. There you are. You have been warned. There's a lot of dad jokes and puns. It's fun. I don't but know anyway. about dads, but okay. Eddie, we, we do dad jokes. Good must, Lord, do we ever do dad I, jokes. I must miss them. Okay, son. Um. <laughs> okay, Cat Stevens. Ooh. But, Eddie, you do the honors because you're the honors man. with the As puns. part of Marvelous March, and because it's someone that we know, and in my case, have known for 25 plus years, whoa, through my whoa. radio connection, being so, here like on the radio. Words. And not the Donna Summer on the radio song. Uh, I'd like to introduce, and she's also a part of the cosplay community in a couple of respects. We'll try to find out. Tina Ramos, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Peter, this is, you know, it's really great to be here with both of you together at the same time. And I think you two most recently met uh, for the first time at the Big Apple Comic Con. Exactly. She's been a Facebook friend, I think, for four or five years now? Oh. Question mark? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, through Eddie. Yeah. So, thank you, Eddie. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she sees... Possibly profusely. (laughs) I mean, she sees all of the Facebook posts of mine, just, you know, Marvel and Possums. Yeah, not much in between. (laughs) Not really. I mean, there might be a Marvel Possum. And no hyphen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, only as needed. Gotta respect the hyphen, but not the sticks. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Now. now, where do we begin? Well, I don't know your association with comic books and podcasts and stuff like that, Tina, so let's let's start with that, because that's the part of you that I didn't come to know until all of a sudden I saw you at a show, or this one or that one, and it's like you just seem to get to a lot of them, which is, which is great if that's your thing. So where did it start for you, and, and how? Well, that with the uh, Comic Con conventions, you know, I'm really interested in pop culture. A friend of mine uh, about 20 years ago, for a gift, gave me a ticket to a convention, mm-hmm. Chiller Theater, and ChillerCon since then been to like every one. Yeah, the Film Model and Toy Expo, they always call it. Yeah, yeah, Chiller is one of the ones I've wanted to go to. It's on my it's on my convention bucket list. That and Monster Mania. This so, one in uh, Parsippany, New Jersey. Guys, mm-hmm. if uh, you are listening of Monster Mania and Chiller. 
Holla at you, boy. Help us with press one of these days. That'd be nice. Yes, we cover. We cover good. Yes, and Lee. Schiller is going to be April 26, 27, 28? That is correct. Man, it's like a free commercial, guys. Oh. Just saying. Shout know? out to Chiller. Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah. Chiller. I'm waving to you, even though this is an audio podcast. That's right. The the, the uh, disembodied hand coming out of the ground, the claymation hand. That's, That's right. the Chiller. Mm-hmm. Do they really do it. that? It's part of their front face uh, home page when you, when you go up. Go on there, yeah. That's Neato Torpedo. It's very cool, yeah. It really is. And what was really cool, that first convention that I went to, uh, I just met a lot of good people that were also attending, like myself, and became friends and was looking forward to the next one. So for the next few years, that was the only convention that I would go to. And, and there was a lot of pop culture stuff, too. It incorporates a lot of elements, not just comic books. It doesn't necessarily promote it uh, openly uh, first and foremost, but it's more of a monster-related thing, sci-fi. Well, uh, I, I know Chiller as a convention where there's a lot of musicians, too. Like, when I see, you know, you have, like, autographs from, like, Lita Ford and people like that, I'm like, wow, they're at that convention? Yeah, you wonder, like, what happened here? You think you're in a time warp or something. You wonder how somebody that in, in the field of music... And a super rock star type of thing. What are they doing here? What what happened? Did they fall on uh, bad times or what? I wouldn't say that, but it's not more necessarily. The... No, you, you you can't look at it that way. It's not there, it's not true. And there's the crossover appeal because many metalheads are big fans of horror yes. or they're big fans of comics. You know, shout out to our friend Steve of uh, Rock Fantasy who. If you go into a shop, like there's nothing but pinball machines, Marvel, heavy metal, porn, just everything in that store. <laughs> Bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. Lots of pins and buttons. And, and patches, oh my. But again, there's just that crossover appeal where the metalheads have that, I've noticed. So, yeah. So, as you were saying, <laughs> Tina, I'm sorry, I, de- I re- derailed no, it there. because but, that yeah. was a good point to bring up um, you know, all of the facets of uh, not only Chiller Con, but which, like I said, that, uh, that was the only one I would go to. Now, that's the only one that I really won't miss. And um, I've branched out to other conventions, and it's really good to see a lot of the same... Um, you know, fans like myself that go. I've seen you all the way. Several times. I mean, Massachusetts. Uh, I can't remember, just last point on chill and we'll go to other cons, but I can't remember if it's always been twice a year at the end of April and then just about the end of October. And typically for me, being a Halloween nut that I am, could really not go to the October one, but then Wait, somehow... You like Halloween? Stop. <laughs> it's an understatement. You use a bad word like next to Halloween. Me? Uh, no. There will be... There will be consequences. And thrashings. A wet noodle. Or a wet pool noodle. Maybe that's it. Okay, okay fine. And I have one of those. That is correct. So, <laughs> But end of April, I would always go to a friend of ours, uh, Chris Matthews. Thank you for getting me infected. I mean, getting me hooked on uh, chiller. And then in October as well. So now it can be hit or miss. But beyond those uh, events, what are, what are some of the other ones that come off the top of your head that you've been to? Well, oh, hair. Yeah. <laughs> or hair. Uh, Super Mega Fest up in Massachusetts, which yep. is now currently Framingham. Yes. Um, also, Terrificon, which that's going to be this August. At what Vegas up, Mitch Sun. Halleck of the oh, Power Cosmic? Yes. Yes. It was great to see him this weekend. You saw Mitch this oh, weekend. Sure. I actually did a little bit of a uh, podcast with him. We'll see how much of the audio uh, lasts. <laughs> oh, my Who's yours or his? Yes. Oh, yes. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then more locally, um, there's New Jersey Horror Con, which is coming up at the end of this month. We've got um, 
the Garden State Comic Fest. There's yes, that's in June. So you've been you've been uh, I want to say confined, but confined, but you confined to shows in New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, uh, Rhode Island, Rhode Island. You've been to okay, Rhode Island. All right, the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, I believe. Any others? Maybe I, I know there's a couple I'd like to get to. Like there's a couple at least different titles of them in Philadelphia. I have not yet been to. Or there's like a great American Baltimore. or something, great Philadelphia. Yes, I want to go to that one. There's oh, that one. Wizard World. There's that one. Correct. You yes. haven't done Wizard, correct? No, no. Have you done Wizard? No. We should all go. We should all do it together. I'd be down. We should figure that out. Yeah. But okay. That would be a good uh, experience, I think. The thing I think with, it's for us. I think it's only about three hours to get to. So the thing with conventions, though, you were bringing up, you know, you would see a lot of the same people. You end up befriending a lot of the same people at mm-hmm. these things, and even before Facebook, you know, yeah. And when I was going to the con, you know, I noticed we all knew each of the same people. You know, Stu. You know, David, and just it's absolutely insane how small this community is, and yet how big it is. You know, oh, absolutely. And that's I met. David, I mean, he's just he's David amazing. rules. Uh, I think Stu said he's the MacGyver of cosplay, and he really is. I <laughs> I met him, well, I kind of met him uh, through Mitch Halleck last year when he was dressed up as uh, Cosmo Kramer, and I'm just like, holy shit, he looks just like Kramer. <laughs> and it was a perfect costume, and he had the ass man plate and everything. Just amazing to see him. And Dave is actually a podcaster as well, I think former, because he did Bat Squad Radio. I believe. Bat Dave. Uh, he oh he does a lot of his food podcast. Dave Devenner, Hey, because I know you listen. You're going to be listening. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's looking forward to this. Um, but yeah. So David was my friend. Then I met Stu. Stu Greenberg. Stu Greenberg is a fan of you, and he's got your card, Peter. Hi, Stu. <laughs> and Eddie, we're going to get him yours. We'll you get him that. Him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll sure. FedEx it him. By the time we get to the next, I think Terrificon. That, that. You never know. I mean, or it again, could be sooner. Yeah, tri-state area, man. That's There's that's exactly so right. Many. So yeah, yeah. Well, let's go beyond the cons now for Tina. And you have, I've seen in some cases, Facebook postings or live in person, gotten into characters, costumes. Oh yeah. How'd that come about? And who have you done? Go into that. Let's let's do that. Well, I I have to tell you, I always said if I we're going to do any kind of cosplay dress. I wanted it to be impeccable. Mm. I, I, you know, because people do put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, and they do. I'll tell you, it's a lot of work. Uh, Bob D. Simone, Batman Bob, he is the one who coordinated our group at the Big Apple um, Comic Con this weekend. He does a Batman sixty six style, right? Yes, he does. I've seen that, co- and it looks impressive. Like it, I have seen, you know, a handful of Batman sixty sixes. They all look pretty gosh darn good. Yeah, but his, his but, is right, like exactly. one of the best. Like, yep. Right down, like I believe, like to the stitching of the logo on there. You know, mm-hmm. fantastic. Either I'm stuff. not, either I'm not looking too too closely because I'm imagining, fixating on that visual. I'm like, yeah, that's that's working. Especially oh. when they stand next to a, a, a replica or an original Batmobile. <laughs> what oh. is your favorite cosplay that you've seen at a show? Oh, I would have to say Bob. I mean, like the minute I saw Bob, and I think it was at his first uh, his first time wearing his Adam West Batman uh, outfit costume. That that was it, and we became friends. I'd see him at the conventions. Um, you know, I'm friends with his family now. That because I'm just a big Batman fan. But there's so many good um, cosplayers that I've actually become friends with that dress in multiple costumes. It's just, you know, you can't, I, I don't want to leave anybody out because they, I look forward to seeing them. 
Yeah, and it's with the, going with the Batman cosplays. By the way, I know we're a Marvel show, people, but uh, yeah. well, equal the, opportunity. The Bat- costume people for the distinguished competition, especially. Yes, but with Batman cosplays, I've seen ones where like a guy will take contact lenses, put them in their eyes, and just like these freaky looking, co- you know, costumes. But they work so damn well. Oh yeah, and just again, you know, you're mentioning about the detail these people put in. This past weekend, we saw so many good ones at uh, Big Apple Con. Right, and there's so many different Batmans that uh, you know people portray. I've seen Eddie with Captain America, so everybody knows I do have a Captain America. Yeah, we're going to get a picture yeah. to post up, oh, so we'll, we'll be able to prove that you came as a Captain America I sweatshirt did. wearing, uh, yes, person. Yes, person, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. but you've, uh, you're a Batman fan, so I've seen you in Batman apparel. Uh, anything beyond that or other characters you've gotten into? You're like Big Apple, you, you may have mentioned. I was wearing Star Trek, um, the original... Uh, season, and uh, that was my team, which was Bob, Bob's wife, and Stu Greenberg. Hello we, again, Stu. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them, and uh, just before I forget, and you continue, the different colors of the of the Star Trek costumes. Blue is science, and that's what we... Okay. <laughs> I noticed that. That was... I, yeah. Well, uh, what's his name? David was dressed as uh, Kirk. Yes, he... Yeah, uh, MacGyver Kirk, because... <laughs> I think that was his girlfriend's jacket, and he sewed on the... Uh, it was impressive. Again, it was. another impressive David one. That, that I always look forward to seeing what he's going to come up with. So the blue is science, because I'm Star Trek illiterate. The earth tone tannish is another significance. And red means inevitably dead. Yes. That's what I heard from, from uh, Hudson Valley from someone. Yeah, red always dies. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's There's statistics on that as well. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So. We I mean, get, we I mean get, Eddie, my and, shirt Yeah, I today. saw you had a Star Trek shirt under your sweat jacket. Yeah, so go figure. Uh, did we know this was going to... I don't know. Maybe it was the clean shirt at the time? You I, stop that. I, I haven't just in my, my red shirt because today, March 19th, religiously is St. Joseph's Day associated with the color red, but it's got the big black A for Avengers. That's what we're going to be headlong coming into. I was hoping we're going for Fonzie with A. Well, yeah, in due time. Monday, Tuesday. Hey. Snap the fingers because, you know, that, send, that makes the and chicks run. you just run. eliminated half of humanity. No, Eddie. that was a double snap. That, <laughs> that way oh, before. That's, that's whole humanity that's, now. <laughs> that's way before. The His... Fonzie snap is way before the Thanos snap. But Thanos existed before Happy Days, Eddie. Did he snap then? Maybe. No. no I think maybe. We, he... Did anybody go to dust? No. Were you by Thanos all day, every day during the Do you 1970s? you like the song by Kansas, Dust in the Wind? Eh, maybe. I, I'm, I'm a Todd Rundgren guy, personally. That's my version of his Dust in the Wind, Eddie. Not a hit. How dare you? It was a hit in my book. <laughs> Wham, over the head. No, that's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go with oh. George Michael, and I'm not talking about the Bluth. Fine. Okay. See how we do this? I know. Or try to do this? It's ridiculous. But also, Eddie, Star- Guns N' Roses covered Dust in the Wind. I oh, just want you to mention, God, ever mention that. Okay. live in tour. Okay. There All right. Go. So you're going deep here now. And Damn, I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> I used to love him till oh, I, till I had to kill him. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Change the gender to protect the guilty. <laughs> <clears throat> Star Trek for Tina, Batman for Tina. What else? Anything else that you've uh, gotten into costume, sort of, kind of, or... Uh, well, you know, I do my 5K run, so I do like to wear different superheroes. So, um, you know, Captain America, because I have a strong connection with the veterans, and um, okay, I do right. a lot. So, you know, Captain America, for obvious reasons, and, um, you know, I mean, a tribute to Stan Lee and, and Marvel. And that's not, by the way, looked at by the veterans that you deal with and work with and help. 
is not looked at as negative, correct? The Captain oh. America figure, persona, and so on. It's no no bad vibes from that. Not at all. Okay. And um, I mean, I've got pictures to prove it. My one, uh, and, and I want to say a prayer for Artie, uh, Korean War veteran, was in the hospital, and a friend of ours wearing his Captain America outfit. I happened to see him in the lobby. I said, oh, can you come and see my friend, Artie? Mm. Oh, he was thrilled. I think that pulled him through his rough spot. And uh, it, he's got pictures. He's smiling, so happy. And no, they they love Captain America. Excellent. That's good. That that That's gives awesome. me that gives me. Uh, you know, I I thought about in my Captain America costume trying to go see kids in the hospital, and but maybe vets too would not be a bad a bad idea. Oh, I I would. We'll have to talk it. about this off the uh, podcast air. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Okay. Now, also going over to want to want to do the Marvel talk. Why not? So the biggest thing this past week. There's two big things this past week, kind of. So one, two. We got the whole James Gunn situation, and we got the whole 21st Century Fox deal. Which do you want to do, Eddie? Let's rock paper scissors. 20th you're, century. You're gonna be 20th 21st century. I'll be James Gunn. 21st century. Oh, I rock, can't wait for this. Rock paper scissors say. Rock beats scissors. Damn right. I always okay. pick rock. Yes, you did. I was just doing a shoot, like, you know, shooting, and it just happened to be in the oh, form like of a, dice? No, like, you, oh, just like do, you just throw numbers down. You shoot one, two, three, whatever, and it just happened to, anyway. So, James Gunn is back in the Marvel family. How about that? And What a big hullabaloo it was when the poop hit the fan and he was ousted because of what he did years ago. And now, look at this. And the interesting thing about some of those tweets that he had posted... They would attribute them to him saying, oh, he says this. And I've been on Twitter since 2008. Like I was one of the like not early adopters of the platform, but I was there. You know, I was there before Oprah came in. So like that's my little badge of honor. I was there before Oprah. So people, when I would see the little things that he would repost, they would say RT, which stands for retweet. And it was just like a cut and paste kind of thing, just throwing that in there. People attributed the things that other people said to him when he didn't even say them in the first place, but he reshared them. So yeah, kind of still is his fault that really you're gonna you're gonna share that stuff. Why would you share that? That's that's dumb, dumb James, dumb. Yes, yes, young and foolish perhaps, but younger and not thinking. I I don't know. You also have to factor this in. The man does work for Troma, and we're all aware of Troma in this room with you know the work of Lloyd Kaufman. Trauma's kind of messed up with a lot of things. Really inappropriate. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in the B, uh, I was going to think in the B movie uh, category, maybe with with Roger Corman, but but Trauma and Tina may remember too. There was one chiller uh, con, chiller yeah. theater at least, where where Lloyd was there. There was a Toxic Avenger dress up and a couple of the other characters. I had no idea at the time who they were, but I got a couple of pictures. It was really cool, and now I know like later. Hey, that was... Yes. Yeah. And Lloyd is, like, really, really funny. Like, just, oh, yeah. He's so, like... He's kind of a showman in person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just the idea of, you know, when people are questioning, like, oh, why would you say it? Well, look at the guy and the humor and everything. They mm-hmm. have a weird sense of humor. And it can be offensive. It can be this. Do they, do they mean it? No. Why would... No. No. It's, Dead it's baby, for your entertainment purposes only. Dead baby jokes were a thing. Remember that? Do you think those people who were making those jokes were actually killing babies? God, no. I hope so, not. So, yeah. yeah. Now, on the topic of the James Gunn situation, he's actually still going to go on and do The Suicide Squad, which I actually found out is not going to be Suicide Squad 2. I just found that out this week. Okay. Actually, as of today. But it's going to be a reboot and everything, a soft reboot. We got Idris Elba playing the role of Deadshot. We got 
Margot Robbie reprising the role of Harley Quinn, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et but it's going to be happening, and James is still going on to do Guardians Volume 3. So get you a man who can do both ladies. He's doing both DC and Marvel. Kudos to that. And time frame on either it, thing yet, have we heard? or I know Suicide Squad is going to be starting filming this fall. I want to okay. say August, September, October, something like that. All right. And it's going to be you know done this year. And then I think next year or the year after, they're going to be working on uh, Guardians Volume 3. Okay. Because as, as we may have said on a previous podcast, prior to the Disney takeover of Marvel, we knew... X many years ahead, the schedule. X many years. Yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> I, I don't want to say so many years. It's fan stick even. Ooh, Ugh. change. That we knew how many movies were coming out, when they were coming out, in whatever year. Now, not so much. Yeah, we don't even have a, like a slate of films, and to be honest, we're not going to find that out until I want to say July or August for D twenty three. Mm-hmm. Because that's Disney's big, you know, event where it's it's every other year and they're going to be announcing, hey, we're going to be having these movies, these movies, these movies. They're going to do everything Disney. They're going to do everything Star Wars. They're going to do everything Marvel. And I'm kind of excited. To, well, not kind of. You know what I mean. I'm, uh, the guy with the Star-Lord tattoo, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. But the idea that. And the blasters. Pew, pew. Damn right. But, you know, Guardians Volume 3 is going to be happening and James Gunn is going to be involved. Dave Batista got what he wanted. He got what I wanted. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. There's a win-win. There's a th- uh, the thing going on in pro wrestling right now. He's gonna Batista's gonna wrestle Triple H, and he was yelling, "Give me what I want. Give me what I want." Just over and over. Okay. Can so you now, say that, Eddie? Can you say what? Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. <laughs> There's your repetition again. <laughs> but I just wanted to hear you say it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I, I I'm excited about the idea of. Now we are going to get one final Guardians movie. No one's going to be shoehorning it. Or not shoehorning, but like uh, half-assing their uh, acting in the movie. Because mm. let's be honest, the whole idea of we're going to do it, but just, you know, do as little as humanly possible now because you guys don't have our director on board that <laughs> we wanted. So now they do have what they want. They got what they wanted. So there's the James <laughs> Gunn update. Thank you very much. Well, there's still a lot to go with that because... Mm-hmm. I've heard some things. I'm not going to say officially, you know, take this with a grain of salt. He's supposedly the architect behind the upcoming future of the Marvel Universe. Soinks. You didn't hear it here, folks. Uh Uh-huh. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. But he, now with the Fox deal, which we're going to segue into, there's a lot of characters that James can work with. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Good things. Think about it. He's getting now the uh, Fantastic Four. And what gives you what what do you get with the Fantastic Four? A whole lot of stuff. You get Galactus, you get the Super Scroll. What else? You get Annihilus. Surfer. Surfer, the biggest one in all honesty, yeah. next to Galactus. Uh-huh. Puns. Kinda. But with that, you also get characters from the X-Men. And when you think of Cosmic with the X-Men, who do you think of? Oh, come on. Um, Star Jammers, baby. Star Jammers. Okay. So we mm-hmm. could possibly see Corsair team up with Star-Lord. Corsair, Cy- Cyclops' with, dad. With his 70s porn stash. You... <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, I guess not. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of seeing that, the, o- the OG space pimp. You know, he's going <laughs> off with Star-Lord. That's going to be a fun movie. Yeah. So Yeah, and if you like Ragnarok, um, it could be along those lines. Yeah. 
and make lots of fun and, and puns and whatnot. Yeah. As of this recording, Eddie. Yeah. Guess what is officially going through? I, I At midnight tonight. I was oh, going to end the deal. Go ahead. This deal gets better all the time. Deal, Not double, worse. Double nothing. Because mm-hmm. we're going to go with a little Lando Calrissian. Going to let it all ride. Oh, boy. And a Colt 45. <laughs> but the 20th Century Fox or 21st Century Fox deal is going through. And guess you, you changed it to 21st again? They're, they are officially known okay. as 21st Century. Okay. I just haven't remembered seeing a logo that has a one in place the, of a zero. They do have They do have the logo. I actually found the original press release announcing everything, but it... How dare you? <sighs> I just wanted a reason to say that, because you say that to me too many times. <laughs> Stop that. See, I say and, that and to then you then, all the time. Well, I say that back. But, Tina, Eddie, what do you guys think about that thing going on? It's going to be big. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? When I heard that, I said, oh, please let it happen. Let it happen. I'm I'm 50-50 on that for one reason. Obviously, I love the fact we're getting all this stuff. But the bummer of it all, there's going to be a lot of cats losing jobs. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. But a little more of that, you'd be Charlie yeah. Brown's teacher. That's exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, wow. but but on, on that level, yeah. I mean, you don't like to see anything like that happen. But on a selfish level, yeah, um, it's going to be amazing. No doubt. I I still go with it. We're getting new Disney princesses. We're getting Ripley from uh, or Ridley from uh, what's it called? Alien? No, Ripley. Oh, it is Ripley. Ripley. It is. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm confusing it with the character from uh, Metroid now. But Oops. here we are. Okay. Also, you have new Disney Queen. What about Dr. Newt? Newt was always good. Ripley! Stop that. <laughs> Am I wrong? No you, no, you are not. Thank you very much. But we're getting the new Disney queen of Dr. Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. Think no, about it. That's... I hadn't until now. Okay. We're gonna now be... that's all you can think about. No, I'm trying to think of what's her name. Oh, gosh, it was a, it was a bad movie. But uh, when she was at Chiller one time, also, I remember her in purple. She was a dead, transformed person. Oh, for crying out loud. And, she, and one of her lines was, you want a date? Oh, from Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker, thank oh. you. <laughs> yes. Patty, Patricia, oh God. Um, yeah, that's that's right. So saw her one year. That was that was kind of funny. But another or fun uh, or both. There's another Disney princess we're gonna be getting. The xenomorphs from Aliens. Yoink. Think about it again. Hmm. Okay. They can be princesses. Uh, yes, two two people of similar yeah. Background. Species, yes. Species, that's the word. Okay. <laughs> Oof. And also, we're going to have Marge Simpson be a Disney princess. What? Okay. Because again, they own everything. They, they yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. crazy. Like the char- like the brands that they're getting. Like we are realizing, Family Guy is going to be a Disney property. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Simpsons. What else? I believe King of the Hill. King. What about, of the Hill. What about Ben? Uh, along those lines, and I haven't watched really any of those. Family Guy. I just said Family Guy. <laughs> oh, so okay. I thought you said a different one for some reason. All right. I said Fubuga. <laughs> That's probably what it sounded like to how, my ears. How, okay. How dare you, ears of Charlie Brown's teacher. Womp, 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 womp. Mm-hmm. And yeah, with the whole Disney deal, of course, Enya? we're going to be getting... Stop Did you that. say Enya? Yeah, only in only, only time. time. Oh, my. Wow. They get everything. You're right. Yeah, that's funny. We actually... That's the second time in a month you and I both have referenced that. We're in trouble. I don't know how that makes me feel, Eddie. It feels like we've got to pay Enya, I think, something. Didn't One of us was talking about, I think, via text, the uh, song... Now, Quite possible, yes. Now we're talking about Enya. Forgetting the year of the song messed yes, up. Yes, it was like one of us said 97, somebody said something else. I said earlier than that, and it's really like 2001. Yeah. Only time. Only time. 
If you hear the song at the end of this podcast, stop it now. <laughs> Before it's too late. But they're coming for you next. They're coming for you. No, that's 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 uh, Night of the Living Dead. Thank you, Eddie. I knew you would get that. I was going with Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But You're next! With the deal, it's not really speculation, but what do you want to see with the Fox deal? Like, Which characters do you want to see interact with each other? That's a great question. To narrow it down, jeez. Because now we can get... Well, let, let, okay, I'll go with X-Men first. Which X-Men characters would you want to see? Well, see, that for me... I'm giving you time to think, Tina. Thank you. That, for me, the first thing about the deal with Fox is X-Men and Fantastic Four and getting them into the universe here now. And so they'll you'll have, I want to say crossover stuff, but you'll have them be able to exist in the same cinematic universe and you know stuff to that effect. Well, yes, and you'll that's, have, that's and you'll have cinematic universes already. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, we'll, I think that is a brilliant uh, combination. Sure, sure. It is. Like peanut butter and chocolate. Mm. <laughs> but for me, my go-to would have to be. I'd like. I think it'd be cool to see a uh, Gambit Star Lord crossover. Okay. Or because we just posted on our Facebook page, Gambit, or not Gambit again, uh, Deadpool and Star Lord. Yep. Yep. Very good. Just random, you know, it's going to be, you have these in the comic books, obviously, but when you have the on-screen chemistry of some of these casts, that's, you know, adds extra to it. Yeah. So you're going to have everybody on the same playing field in that respect, and you'll also be able to start calling in other characters that were minor, maybe had their own comic book series, runs, whatever might have been limited series. And they can they'll be fair game or let's take let's take this one. I want to say let's take a chance on this one, but well, if you change your mind, exactly. First Abba. in line, yeah, take a chance on me, <laughs> Mamma Mia. Oh, here we go again. But what I think is the idea of with the X Men. Look how many characters they're going to incorporate into that. Just X Men alone is. A plethora of you know different characters. You keep saying that. I, I wish like you'd that clean word. that microphone up after that. It's just uh, not meant to take that kind of abuse. Ugh. Sweaty or not sweaty, but spitty abuse. Yeah. But with the X Men, you end up having you know all the different teams. You have minor characters. You have mid level characters, and just the main guys. And Glob Herman is going to possibly be one day in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You and that Glob, ever since he posted that first appearance of Glob Herman. It's the freakiest looking character. It's my, And not too long. It's only from, what, five years ago, I think. No, uh, 2001. All right. Really? Yeah. All right. So 18 years ago. <laughs> Mind you, but it's yeah. it's kind of crazy. Again, like all these little, you know, minor characters, mid-level characters and up, and it's going to be big. It's going to be really big. Big Glob. Herman. Big Glob of Herman. Unlike a hunk of hunk of burning love. <laughs> Who would you who but Eddie, who would you want to see? Uh Dazzler. For well, one for one character. Dazzler yep. How would you do Dazzler? Would you make her a period piece character or would you have her be a character now where she's like a pop star like Lady Gaga? You know, you could possibly it depends on how I guess the first uh take goes. You could have her be current or, or what she looks like quote nowadays whether it's short hair or a sleeveless, whatever one-piece outfit that I'm thinking blue with with a yellow star on the center of it. Eighties um, punk, essentially, yeah. Yeah, versus the silvery, disco-y, face-painted, like sort of a Kiss member type of thing, yeah. where she could flash back or in her mind remember times before that, so they could incorporate those looks. Um, so maybe go with a more current thing and flash back or remember what she looked like before, and that would be that would be kind of cool. 
And there are some, I've seen a couple instances, women who have dressed in that character. So that brought it to the forefront, too. I've also seen a male dazzler in the blue, <laughs> as well as a, uh, um, a male... I've seen male jubilee. Male jubilee, yes, yes, absolutely. Gender bend cosplays are actually really impressive because you can see just the level of how you can do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, and too. My favorite one is still, uh, there was a gender bend gambit. There was a uh, gender bend mystique, I want to say. Okay. I'm trying to picture that, but I think I may have They're seen. They're doable. Yeah, yeah. But there's one also male character, long shot, that I've seen that was with the male dazzler. But that wasn't a bend, but you know, oh, and a, and a female Hawkeye. But at, actually, that came to fruition in in a comic book. Yeah, Kate the Bishop. Matt Fraction one, I think. With Kate Bishop, you mean? Yes, she, she existed before the Matt Fraction run, but I believe okay. in uh, Young Avengers. Okay, yeah, that's an area I don't know. Is Young Avengers? It's pretty good, but uh, yeah, give it a read. That and the other thousands, thousands upon thousands. Well, I mean, that, newer yeah. comics are shorter to read, Eddie. Are, they take less time. Yeah. Trust me on that. Like I've, I've I believe through, it. But... I breezed through New Avengers uh, by Brian Michael Bendis. Like, oh, there's just so much. Like there's just so much. But if I can throw it in before I totally forget, the podcast is over. Since we're doing women in comics, I happen to come across a, a soft cover paperback book, probably about 300 or so pages, and it was out 10 years ago. I'll take pictures and put it on when we have the episode posted. And it's by an author named Mike Madrid. It's called The Supergirls. Fashion, feminism, fantasy, and the history of comic book heroines. And there's a quote from Stanley right on the front cover, and it says, Supergirls is a long-overdue tribute to the fabulous fighting females whose beauty and bravery brighten the pages of your favorite comics. Now give me my $50. <laughs> oh, stop. You know, that's, that's kind of like, I don't know. But even though it's 10 years old, it does go into the decades starting with the 1940s and brings it up to 2000 and beyond, thereabouts. Until and, the book was published, because yeah. it's not a live update. But there's a couple of things just to, to read off. Uh, the author dedicates this to his parents, who never made him throw his comic books away, and his sister Barbara, who let him read her issues of Betty and Veronica. So let's not forget about those females in comics, you know, as well. But they're not superpowered, Eddie. No. And they're not Marvel. <laughs> this is where females This is comics. where we spread out to all different facets here. Um, part of the back summary... Of the book, I'll just get one little paragraph. It says, comic book her superheroines bend steel, travel across time and space, and wield the mighty forces of nature. These mighty females do everything that male heroes do, but they have to work with their wonders in skirts and high heels. The Supergirls, a cultural history of comic book heroines, asks whether their world of fantasy is that different from our own. So, it kind of makes you think a bit, and... They, you know, the author will refer to Marvel and DC in in due time. I honestly just got very much started with it through the prologue and so on. But it, again, it's good that it treats each of the two major universes of comics it seems to be kind of equally so. Again, it's called the Supergirls. If you're really up on that and you want to check it out, I don't think it'll be difficult to find. Again, I will post a couple of pictures when uh, we get the podcast episode up. So that's another little tidbit of of women in comics, like. The and, interviews and when you post it, that's a great cover. Um, yeah, I was I was checking that out. Mm -hmm. Really, it, it just to see the cover makes you want to pick it up and look at it and you say, "Oh, you know, Supergirls." Okay. Yeah, she's got the red cape. She's got a black one piece with a red star in the center of it, or toward towards the stomach area, and a black uh, mask, like a uh, 
black cat mask or a black canary. Mm-hmm. Poss- no, not a black canary. A domino canary. mask. <laughs> domino, maybe a Harley Quinn kind of thing where you see the eyes, but the, the mask covers other parts of the face, yeah. And speaking of Supergirls, I mean, this isn't uh, Marvel or DC comic, but um, my friend Kadrosha Ono, KL, who you've met, uh, she actually has her own comic book out, Superhero, working on a stamp being the first uh, female uh, superhero comic book to get a United States postage stamp. So you're going oh, to be wow. hearing more about her, and you'll be seeing her again soon, Eddie. But um, I think her, now let, let everybody know, her primary thing, what she does, is not comic books per se, right? No, uh, no, uh, she's Kudrosha uh, Ono, Queen of the Paranormal. Ah. Um, so it's, she does energy reading. She's not psychic. She doesn't claim to be. However, she, I think, started with her, um, you know, with her comic book, and she does have comic books. Uh, she'll she'll bring you one, right, Kale? <laughs> hey, okay, I'm there. Yeah, but um, no, but it, it really is interesting. Uh, if you, you know, to follow up on it, I, I wanted to bring you stuff just because I know you're going to meet her again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you too, Peter. Sounds we'll be, good. We'll see you at Chiller. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, one thing I want to bring back over to that Fox deal thing. So there's a movie coming out this summer. It's called X-Men Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And actually, I had, a, I had a post on Facebook and a tweet on Twitter and it got a lot of reactions to this. Like, a lot of people were talking about this. I'm genuinely curious. With everything going on with the Fox deal, everything going on the hype train for Avengers Endgame, do we, are people really interested in Dark Phoenix happening? I'm, I've seen the trailer a few times now, and it gets a little bit more on the hype train for me, but compared to Endgame, no. It's a different component, a different thing. Um... Was in, so it sounds like you're asking, was there a need to make this movie? We, we in the prior, prior X-Men movies, got some of that Dark Phoenix persona story, but maybe it was thought, you know, let's, let's explore this character some more. Uh, has anybody, I'm asking because I don't know, has anybody thought, because when you were talking about it, the thought occurred to me, are they considering this as a... Um, Finale? Re, well, no, a revisiting or a reboot in some way of... Of the character to try and generate more interest? Well... Is it looked upon like that at all? I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure, but what I've been thinking is this. And the reason I said I'm curious about this from people, this is going to be the final X-Men movie of this team, of these actors, etc. However, we're going to be getting a reboot new X-Men down the line, you know, with the Fox deal... Possibly, because they had to do reshoots last year, you know. Mm. And unless they did something in this, this movie really isn't going to matter. You know, it's going to be just that, okay, the X-Men are a different team now with different actors at this studio. So this doesn't matter. So maybe it's coming in between, like, if you're reading a a series of comic books and it doesn't necessarily fit into the exact storyline, but it's a a .5 in between 4 and 5. It's a 4.5. I don't know. But it still has to do with the continuity. Like, that's still, it's still a part of it. But what I'm referring to is, like, if you remember when Star Wars got bought by Disney and they created this thing called Legends, which was just the prior existing stuff, but it doesn't count. You know, like... Luke Skywalker uh, was in a relationship with a character named Mara Jade. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so these movies, do they even matter anymore? You know, because now we're going to be getting the new movies, new characters, new interpretations. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, I, I've always taken, I think, the position of here it is, take it or leave it, subject to individual interpretation. Uh, yeah, they're keeping people employed, trying to make money off of it, and we'll see where it, where it falls. Like I think we had even gotten, I think, a pretty good answer from Roger Corman on that uh, interview. And the statistic I learned when I took a movie class was that 7 out of 10 don't make money that are made. Two break even, one is a success. So it's kind of close to that, he said, maybe plus or minus one or so, one or two. Um, I'm just so, talking about on the basis for fans, you know? Yes, yes, I, I realize that. Um, I just feel... I think I'm, there's a segment that did want to see this. Yeah, there are. there's quite the audience for the X-Men movies. Like, yeah. I actually had a friend tweet to me. He's like, do you think Disney's going to actually even just like, you know, cancel it last minute and just do it as direct to video? I'm like, no, I don't see them yeah. doing that because look how much money they're still going to make with the movie. Yeah. Like uh, cinematically, like that movie alone will make a killing with the 3D aspect that I guarantee they're going to have. Hmm. Okay. Well, I didn't know for, since you mentioned, I don't know how popular, how frequent direct to video happens yeah but a movie like that with the budget it has i don't see mm, that being no. a direct-to-video kind no. of thing at mm -hmm. all correct but correct yeah the idea of the movie just you know getting i don't even see them shelving it although it would be like really depressing to see that because i i do want to yes. see how this ends because i feel it's like i feel this is going to be a movie they have to find a way to wrap it all up like tie a bow around it you know and just be done maybe this was the best story thread that they picked up that would end it because uh, i'm not sure uh, on the spot i'm trying to think of where else would they have gone with it from the previous this previous run of x-men movies i'm also wondering what's going to happen with new mutants because we haven't seen anything since the last trailer from last year nothing else because remember they delayed the movie yes yes that's right I, I'm, I'm hardly remembering even that part of it so it wasn't See? much out there so I'm just wondering, is the movie even going to happen? Are they going to release it? I'd like to see it because we've discussed it. If you remember, people were complaining, why are you doing a horror movie for the, for, uh, the New Mutants? That's stupid. Right. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you guys get the chance, read the Demon Bear saga from New Mutants. Look at Bill Sienkiewicz's art and tell me you're not creeped. Yeah, Bill Bill's work is definitely... Creepy. Borderline abstract. Because it's the, the lines are just so jagged, jagged out there, and it's scary looking. Yeah, you can make out a character, but it is kind of abstract, and it's like it's like someone who didn't know how to draw. No, uh, not, no I'm not saying it about I or, don't see or that I or, see. or didn't draw like everybody else. Would, would have would have curves, would have highlights, would have shadowing that would was you know soothing visually. This is kind of in your face, stark and like shocking type of thing. Like like somebody's not all upstairs there and and, and did it you know I would, I would say it is a level schizo of, kind of way yeah it's like a level of psychosis too yes you know and yes. that's where I'm just like oh this is perfect mm -hmm. like they knocked it out of the park yeah now Tina you've seen you've obviously because you go to Chiller and you go to Monster Mania and whatnot would you be interested in seeing a superhero horror movie oh absolutely um. I mean, Marvel actually had um, a, a horror um, line of comics as well. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I just absolutely feel that we need that, you know, because there's, there's so many horror fans. So to combine that into making 
you know, the movie, like I said. Horror makes a killing, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah. just fits. Yeah. It's been multiple I, nights. I, I was aware. Well, <laughs> I was a little psycho thing yeah, going on. Yeah, I was on. waiting for that Norman Jeez. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Dun, dun. So, it's like I'm here in the movie in Bates Motel. Mother. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement. And I think... I'd love to see Marvel throw the, you know, Frankenstein's monster, werewolf by night, throw them into the MCU and just do something with them. Because there's so much that you can do with them. Tomb of Dracula. We still have Morbius available? Nope. No. Well, he's over with Sony with the Spider-Man universe that doesn't have Spider-Man in it. Okay. And he's being played by Jared Leto. Oh, (laughs) You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Or pay attention or whatever. Okay. Most people, most self-respecting people didn't pay attention. So it's understandable. Okay. Although in the interest of fairness, I'll give it a shot. Obviously, I'm going to still be there on the Thursday night showing, seeing it, being, you know, got to avoid the internet spoilers. You're in the A club, so whatever. Well, A list, sir. A ticket list, whatever. Yeah. A something. (laughs) A. Okay. I don't know why. I was just adjusting my hoodie for that. Because you think you have a collar or something. Well, that's kind of a collar. I have this collar too. Hoity-toity. Mm-hmm. A guy. My toity's hoity. Whew. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> I, I just, I feel the idea of, I would love to see the Marvel superheroes interact with monsters. That's something we haven't seen. And for yourself, Tina, who would you want to see interact with which monster? Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Um... Well, you mentioned Frankenstein, and that, I, I know a couple of Frankensteins. So. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I've played I one. I was going to say, Eddie, <laughs> I, that the first convention that I happened to run into, you were Frankenstein. I was, and yeah. that's where we met uh, the first Vampirella actress, Barbara Lee. Oh. Wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was. Okay, yes, yes. Um, and we have a picture... Ace Freely, you you were Frank, right? Oh, I think I might have been. You yes, met Ace that's Ace Freely. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, and um, Tina's connected. Let me tell you right now. Oh, oh. Um, By that I mean I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. But mm-hmm. uh, I and I'll have to dig that out and send it to you so Peter can see it. I I have it. I because I, I was sent it and and our friend Chris Matthews and yeah so we that's all right. we Chris all have and that. his daughter and his daughter Ashlyn yes is it in there. your wallet no okay or hold no, on let me pull my photo yeah, of me not on my phone <laughs> if I have any picture like that in my wallet it's it's with Stan Lee mm. that's true yes but and and the wedding picture with my wife so yeah but Stan first <laughs> <laughs> alphabetically Stan before wife okay fine if you want to do it that way. <laughs> oh. Eddie. Oh, no. Now you stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I just, I think if I saw like a character interact with someone, Frankenstein and the X Men, it's been in a comic book. Well, I want before we go with the Fox deal. I think I'd like to see uh, what's his name, Frankenstein interact with like Thor. I, I was gonna say Thor. Hmm. See, yes, was, that, that would was, be a fun one. That would be because he's a god dealing with undead things now. Why not? Okay, I don't know where the fun part came in, but it's right, fun. But, <laughs> fun for the whole family. Uh, I, I, we could shoot this both with me because I have both of those costumes. So. Then it works. It's Eddie versus Eddie in the fight of a lifetime or an unlifetime. Stop that. <laughs> I I do promos. What can I say? You do. <laughs> could could you do a sample one? Eddie, what did I just Eddie, do? Yeah, but do an announcer. Voice. Okay. 
coming soon to a podcast near you. E versus E. Who wins? Who doesn't? Be here. Or not. <laughs> See you. Not recommended there. people under 13. See you there at the Orange County Fair. <laughs> wow. Throwback. Take it from Teak. Take it from V. <laughs> the Quickway <laughs> Diner is the place to be. Good. In Bloomingburg. So what does that mean? You get a free National dinner? National Bank. <laughs> oh, of Eddie Wilson. Um, <sighs> see, this is going to be a part of the episode for like, no one is going to get it except maybe like one or two people. Of the locals. And you know what? Those people, they're fine. Yeah, they're, the rest of them are going, please, go back to the music references, please. <laughs> and, we can and handle the, that. And the dad jokes and the puns. <coughs> Good Lord. Okay. But yeah, I like the idea of Maybe one day seeing the monsters just interact. That would be... Well, you know what? In, and it gets its inspiration, I think, from the comic books. Like I said, it was, uh, I think, X-Men 87, 88, thereabouts. Frankenstein with the X-Men. There's been Marvel zombies more recently, I think, in the early 2000s. At least a short run of that. So that was explored. I never, except for seeing some photos of what the characters look like, never read anything about Marvel zombies uh, but maybe had its own heyday, and it was hot at the time. But I think that's over and done with. And other things like uh, like that, too. And then, of course, you've got, well, you've got Walking Dead on that other side. Well, I'm going to bring up something that I just realized. When you said Marvel Zombies, I don't know if you saw, I lit up a little bit for that. Oh, did you? Okay. So Marvel has this thing going on. It's going to be, I believe, for Disney+. Plus. They're going to be doing an animated series called Disney, uh, or not Disney, Marvel What If?, that's oh. how we're going to get a Marvel Zombies episode, I think. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be a lot of what-ifs. And what-if is my favorite kind of Marvel story. There's so much you can do. The possibilities are endless. Mind you, almost all of the possibilities end with a character dying, but it's still possibilities <laughs> that are endless. Yes, and it was a great inception at the very beginning. And I remember, and I think I read that first run of what-if that started in the early By 70s. Roy the Boy Thomas with What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Four. Everyone would die, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was the first issue of what Uncle if, Ben died followed again. Followed by what if Bruce Banner had the... Uh, what if the Incredible Hulk had the brain of Bruce Banner, which they later developed into a storyline into the regular comics. But we go off that way and digress. A second <laughs> run of what if ensued, and then... Uh, and up to now, in fact, they I think do it there's every once in a while. random what ifs featuring whatever character. And instead of coming up with a with a title, let's say. C.B. Sabolsky brought them back for like a month and then it just mm-hmm. disappeared again. I'm like, come yeah. on, guys. So so the, the ideas are there and they're coming out not only in regular storylines of any given comic book character title, but now in the alternate possibilities. And I think that's where the first encountering of the word alternate came into my vocabulary with comics, alternate reality. You know, at this point in time, if it went off at this juncture instead of and, of course, who came to prominence in that what-if run, at least at the beginning, was a, char- a bald-headed character with a funky-looking long cape that stood on the moon. The Watcher. Oh, I thought it was uh, Scatman Crothers. I bet you did. <laughs> Different complexion. I kid you not. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you're talking about very, very light skin. Red rum, red but rum. U-A-T-O, Uatu, or Uatu, I don't know. Uatu. The Watcher. Is the, has been the narrator for that. And we've only seen, there's another one to bring into, I would say, the Fantastic Four of characters, whether villain or otherwise, because that character has definitely been involved with the FF. So there's Future another... Foundation? Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what I love about the what ifs is the fact that, like I said, the possibilities are endless. And that's going to be a big get for Marvel now, especially with the whole aspect of the Fox deal going through. It We're going to have more. I mean, I was going to kid around sort of, but it's true that another good thing about what if is that each and every issue is, if I remember right, one story. It's self-contained. Because everyone dies. It does not continue. <laughs> no, it, it ends with the Watcher again at the end. This is what happens if this ha- if this went this way. I got to give a shout and out. it ends. <laughs> it doesn't continue into a next issue. Again, because everyone dies. But I, I, <laughs> Not true. The Watcher's still there talking about well, it. he's still, but... <laughs> he's the narrator, for I, crying out loud. I got to give a shout out to the one guy who, when I went to the comic shop by us, Main Street Comics, there was a guy looking at all the wall of books, and he goes, what if the Phoenix uh, lived... Or, no, how did he... What if the Phoenix hadn't died? Well, she'd be alive. There we go. I'm like, that guy rules. Oh, that was good. <laughs> That's... I missed that. Okay. Wow. Well, well she'd be alive. <laughs> it's very basic level. <laughs> yeah. It's just the polar opposite of... Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's so many other things that are going to be coming in with the Fox deal. And, Eddie, what would you want to see? In the, the, wh- the biggest thing. Your wish list item. Coming in. You know what? It's tough for me to get together a what if a... What well, not if, just what if, but a, everything. A, 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 a guest list of people to possibly talk to. So I'm up to about six right now. And now i got to start a new list? Well, you can just go with one item, Eddie. With one item. Okay. The, what is your biggest want? My biggest want. Hulk 181. Okay, not, I'm there. I'm talking about I with the it. Fox deal, Eddie. <laughs> with the Fox deal, what's number one? We've always talked about, I thought, the Fantastic Four... And the X-Men with this. So um, I'm kind of leaning towards those two character teams. Just them in general? Yes. And I can't give you a specific as to what, uh, you know, more in-depth. Perhaps developing Franklin Richards into a storyline. The son of Sue and Reed. Who is a mutant. Who is a mutant, yes. Tina, yourself? Nah, I you know what? <laughs> I'm thinking about mutants, but um, mm. um, I'm happen to be looking at pictures of uh, Spider Man. No, <laughs> no, not Spider Man. Who? <laughs> oh, respect the hyphen and respect the Spider Man. <laughs> Who are you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one th- one thing, my biggest want of all of this is how I want to see Wolverine get introduced, and I was thinking about it. You know what? There's no better Hulk 180. Way. Okay, there. No, I said it no. again. <laughs> that That's a given of how you introduce the character. I almost you know? said it again. Sorry. But that's a given of how you introduce the character. And I think I know what they're going to do. They want to introduce all these characters separately. They're going to do it, you know, their own way. And then we get their own Avengers assemble, but X-Men unite in their own movie after all they make appearances. So they'll all come walking individually through a curtain, right? Instead yeah, yeah, of being yeah, all yeah, in yeah, classroom yeah, yeah. and taking attendance. Okay. Present. Yes. Okay. Here. The character of Wolverine, in my opinion, is going to show up in Black Panther 2. Call him that now. Okay. You know so what? can involve the Savage Land, throw Wolverine into the Savage Land, and go from there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Panther versus Wolverine. Oh, that's where you're going with Why it? Why not? Okay. Why not? Why, why not indeed? That is, that is correct. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many different actors. Like, a lot of people are wondering who could play Wolverine. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe has been showing up a lot by fans. So you know that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> the fans don't know Jack? <laughs> what? I mean... I think he's he is a solid choice, but it's, again, every fan casting is always... E- now, fan casting is either Nathan Fillion or Idris Elba for everything. Is that is, a fact? Is it a white guy that Jack. has brown hair? 
Nathan Fillion. Black guy, Idris Elba. Every single fan cast. Wow. Okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. Well, no, because you don't do that. No, I don't do that. That's right. I'm not a fan thing type of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of I'm Daniel Radcliffe. He can work. He's got the height. He's got, you know, the look. He can do it. He's Yeah, he's matured. Yeah. Or he's grown into other... Yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes an actor versatile. It can going from childhood to you know, it's approaching also middle. Aging, but yes. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> aging. The thing I have to look at again when I see Captain Marvel again at the end of the movie. I, well, I actually did watch it again. And to do a correction, I guess... She does not look older in Thank there. you. She just looks worn from battle. She's but seen for 1.8 seconds. When in, that I, vin, you know. in the interest of fairness, I saw it in 3D, and 3D glasses kind of obscured the view just a little bit, darkens the room a little bit. Oh. the lens. So ooh, 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 when okay. I saw it, I'm like, oh, she looks aged. No, she did not. <laughs> Narrator, she did not. She did not. Okay. All she had was, where's Fury? Yeah. But it was. But again, I, I say it was great to have her in there at the end. God, that third act was so good. <laughs> that was just. It was incredible. It was the way it flowed, the way the action was, the way mm-hmm. the story was told. Yeah. Solid. Okay. To be seen by Tina. I know. Yes, oh, I'm not going to yeah. spoil it for her. And if you want, don't oh, want it spoiled. I'm doing that part don't very to that nicely. <laughs> you don't listen to that episode. <laughs> just yeah. erase what you've just heard. Mm-hmm. Can oh. you can you unhear it? Do you recommend watching it in 3D? Or, eh, for, eh. for the first time in a long time, a Marvel movie for me does not get a 3D wreck. I don't know. Like, if you have the ability to see it, see it in 2D. If you, if you want to, you know, just splurge and do it, do 3D. Or if you're like me with A-List, you can just see whatever one you want to go see. You, but, should have, you should have the ability to always see it in regular 2D. Yeah. Now that they have, to re, they have to rename it 2D. Okay, fine. Just a normal screen. I don't need the funky glasses, no matter what they look like. I like 3D because it means there's less people there because no one wants to pay for the tickets. I'm like, I'm guaranteed a seat right now. Think about it. Well, in some theaters, you have to claim your seat before you get there. Yep. So there's the yin and yang or the plus and minus of, but of 2D all that. But 2D always sells out first because it's cheaper. I agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you do matinee, you're golden. Yeah. You can get an extra. Well, I mean, you're just golden, not really moving. You're extra concession. Gold. Something like that, yeah. Unless people you're liquid, aren't, people then, aren't made of gold, Eddie. No, people out there are trying to turning music into gold. No one is Oscar. John Stewart, 1978, <laughs> with Stevie Nicks on background. I think uncredited, but I. John so. Stewart, the Green Lantern. John Stewart, the talk show host. The singer. Just wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has. Okay. Which, by the way, Green Lantern, another character David uh, Dementor did. Again, that's not that does not surprise me whatsoever. He has the he has the look of. Well, he did Gilligan. Besides being the MacGyver, he is just a chameleon. I think I met him when he was Gilligan, and my yeah. friend, I have a friend who our producer of the show, Matt. He got mad when I saw a Gilligan cosplayer. He's like, "Really, Gilligan?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's a cool costume." He was mad, like he had a vendetta against a Gilligan cosplayer. I'm like. Why are you mad about Gilligan? He's comfortably dressed. Yes, and you recognize who it is. And I know somewhere, some comic book company put him in a comic. So it kind of works, I think. Yeah. And now you have more of those who uh, go off the off the rails a little bit and do variations of characters. Just like you have, you know, the gender bends. It's becoming a, a more common thing. One of my newest costumes is the the Con Edison employee who had to shut down the the uh, transformer in Ghostbusters. 
I right. mean, you don't have a costume for that. My dad, who used to work for Con Edison, had an orange jumpsuit with the reflective striping on it and put on a hard hat, get me a clipboard with the Ghostbusters logo and the Con Edison symbol, and uh, I'm sorry, I had to shut the power down, but I was either that or lose my job. I'm sorry. And there you go. Hmm. And when am I going to see this costume? Chiller. No, I, I think actually uh, sooner right now. than that. Right uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a car. <laughs> okay. I, I need I, a phone booth. No, wait, it's something. That's somebody else. Much like some of the costumes never surprised me with Dave, that sentence did not surprise me whatsoever. Of It's in the car. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> it's not such a quick change, but that's where it happens sometimes. In the car. And it works. Not the only one that's done that, too. I've heard from a couple others that I've interviewed, so there. It's fun. I've been there the day we went to go to uh, Sleepy Hollow, New York, and Eddie. <gasps> <gasps> yes. That was coming back from a Westchester, a White Plains. Undisco- Undiscovered Un- Realms Comic Con. Undiscovered Realms, yes. Which is actually make, re- making its return this year. Yes, May 4th and May 5th. We'll be there for May 5th In because we don't miss Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day, yeah. Free Comic Book Day mm-hmm. is May 4th, yes. Mm-hmm. May the 4th be with you, Eddie. Correct, yes. Stop, <laughs> and to stop, you, too. Stop. You don't have a lisp. Stop it. It's not on purpose. Um, Porpoise? Yeah. So having gone to Undiscovered Realms and coming out of that, I think I was Beetlejuice. You were. Getting because that we got to off. watch you have lunch that day as Beetlejuice. It was one of the most entertaining things I've ever had in my life. Actually, no, that was East Coast Comic Con. That okay. was East Coast where we went to a really fancy restaurant and you were Beetlejuice. I had fun. And then that night, he still had the Beetlejuice uh, finger paint or uh, nail polish, nail polish. on. And we're at a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. It was my one of, again, going to a con with Eddie while he's out of costume but still has the remnants of it on him is one of the most entertaining things you'll ever have. Like, sir, have you been crying? No, why? Well, your makeup is right. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. All right. So, so, I mean, the makeup probably has a cost, Eddie. <laughs> it does to everybody looking at it, I'm sure. Yes. So going out of Beetlejuice and then heading over to Sleepy Hollow because it was on the way. And I remembered seeing a Welcome to Sleepy Hollow sign and possessing a TV show Sleepy Hollow Headless Horseman costume. Yeah, we're doing this. So pulling over and getting into the costume and getting Peter to take a picture of me with the Sleepy Hollow sign holding a pumpkin head. Priceless. Again. Good stuff. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Opportunity struck. And it wasn't at a public convention. So, yeah, I'm that guy. All right. So once again, Tina, we want to say thank you for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. It was great to uh, you know, to see both of you again together. Um, together no. again. You're on the short list of Marvelous <laughs> guests. Aww. It may get shorter. No, it may. It can only get grow from here but but thank you for being a part of it and being on the roster where do we grow from here now that all of the children are miracle grow going up going up and up and up i am groot stop that but (laughs) tina how can people get a hold of you on social media if you want them to oh well i use my name tina ramos and um can find me i'm sitting in a batmobile okay of course no you're in a studio (laughs) they don't know that (laughs) Oh, yeah, we, we use uh, Batmobiles as our uh, seats now at the studio. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I sure didn't. Uh, and, and that's courtesy of Stuart Berkowitz. It's actually uh, verse number three. But, uh, yes. You nice. Can, te- yes. Oh, my gosh. You should look. Um, anyway, yeah. So, Tina Ramos and, um, you know, see a lot of cool stuff 
Right on. Eddie? I'm not in the Batmobile right now. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm not even in the DeLorean. To quote Walt Flanagan, in heaven, everyone has a Batmobile. Or a Bluesmobile. Yeah. I'm on a mission from God. I'm just thinking of vehicles I've seen at cons. Or a Monkey Mobile, for that matter. Same guy. That's Stuart Berkowitz again. <gasps> He's got the cars. He's got all the cars. You guys have to come with me to his Bat Cave where he has more than, um, you know, Batmobile. He's got. Hey, but that sounds cars. like a that sounds like a character from Big Bang Theory, who's trying to woo Penny, <laughs> but instead got the got the guys and hanging out in his Bat Cave or whatever. Now he's actually building a museum because he has so many cars and so much memorabilia. That he he's he's building a museum for it all. Do we have a location, state. Wow. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, he's in Jersey right now in Aberdeen. Um, the museum isn't finished, but if you want to come down by Invite, he'll open it up and let you see everything. He's very proud of it. He's got um, the honeymooners little dining rooms. Oh boy, that's cool. Yeah, is there. Aberdeen anywhere near the famous halls of Red Bank? I'm not sure of the proximity, but it's in the. Could be a road trip. I think I think a multiple stop it. road trip. Well, why not? Why don't besides we do it? you know gas, food, and bathroom. lodgings, lodgings. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you mentioned DeLorean. He's got a That's DeLorean. So cool. Yeah, he's he's got quite a collection. So I've actually one of the uh, famous movie TV cars that I've never taken a picture with is the DeLorean. That's on my like bucket list for that. Oh, and I have seen that in at least a couple of places. When Super Mega Fest and another. Maybe not quite as far. I think it was in the Hudson Valley, in the Hudson was, Valley somewhere. Yeah, that was Eric Sellen's um, was it? DeLorean, yeah. And I think he... It was in a mall, I think. Of America. No. Oh, wait, that's um, like Minnesota. <laughs> no, I can't think of... Uh, Peak, I'm, I'm thinking like Peak Scalaria, possibly, but, but, but brought, yeah. Um, Ernie Hudson with him. Ernie, yes. With, with, with his... The Ernster. Yeah, he's got, he's got a collection, See, this could too. be the next step up from Jeppy's Entertainment Museum, which recently closed after however long... I wish I had gotten there to see. Uh, I only really saw some of it from that episode of Comic Book Men when when the guys went went to that place. So that's a possibility in the future for the Marvelous. Right on. Right on. Well, I like it's, saying that. I stole it from Ming Chen. You I stole from Ming Chen. You stole it from the seventies. I stole it from Ming Chen, who probably stole it from the seventies. Yeah, maybe. But. Before we go, yes, people can get a hold of us on all those social media things that we can actually listen to at the beginning of the episode. If you like. So if you want to do that, rewind and go okay. back to the beginning. Be kind. Rewind. The old videotape thing. Love VHS. Sticker. But anyway, for The Marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick. Tina Ramos. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. And now, it's time for this podcast episode of Obsessed with Marvel, featuring our special guest, Tina Ramos. Tina, you're back with us, yes. Oh, yes. The microphone is on, too. There's two good things. So, question 1,943. Armbar. That could be a character that we just don't know about. Or Peter with bad reflux. You stop that. Who is, is it Jean Paul or John Paul Duchamp? As in D-U capital C-H-A-M-P. I don't know this name. Mm. Who is John Paul Duchamp? A S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Moon Knight's pilot, Frenchie. Yep. That's the one. European, <laughs> dr European drug dealer and enemy of Cloak and Dagger. Or Vanessa Fisk's psychiatrist. That's funny because I just finished, finally, Daredevil Netflix series one, season one. 
Well, and you can easily be caught up because everything got canceled. Oofa. Okay. <laughs> Who is John Paul Duchamp? Shield agent, Moon Knight's pilot, Frenchie. Yep. Yes. European yes, drug dealer and enemy of Cloak and Dagger or Vanessa Fisk's psychiatrist. I'm loony for movies. Uh, so yeah, me, I guess I so. This. Because pilot, Frenchie, Jean Paul. Let's go with letter B. And we have a correct answer. Oh, <laughs> my stars and garters. Okay, beast. That's Hank to you. I'm sorry, Mr. Beast to you. 1,283. Armbar. Really? Yeah. Is that what you're looking for across the nose, an armbar? How dare you? I mean, you know, like like Paul Rudd said as Ammon, he looks like an asshat or well, something. I just want an orange slice. Oh. 1,283. Which villain attempted to control Scott Summers before he joined the X-Men? Now... Your choices are Magneto, Jack of Diamonds, Mr. Sinister, or William Stryker. Wasn't it Sinister? I think like that's in one wow. of those stories where it's, oh, this was before we came along, but conveniently this happened decades after the creation of the characters, so we can easily rewrite the history. See, and yet I thought that Scott Summers joined the X-Men from the very beginning without any possible but, intervention. But again... Different stories where it's the 1990s. Let's, you know, add more to the lore. So I think it's Mr. Sinister. Magneto, Jack of Diamonds, Mr. Sinister, William Stryker. I honestly don't recognize Jack of Diamonds. For me, that takes that one out. Um, A guess, Tina, maybe? I'm I'm was trying the elimination process, too, but... um... Uh, Magneto, Mr. Sinister, William Stryker. William Stryker from the... Uh, movies more than anything is what that name rings That's a bell to me. That, yes. But I associate him more with Wolverine, though. Even though, yes, both X-Men, yada, yada. Well, let's see if Peter's right. And Peter, you said... Mr. Thin. Mr. Thin. <laughs> you guys, he's giving you weird answers like that. Okay, so let's try C, Mr. Sinister. No, oh. it's not. Oh. The answer is Jack of Diamonds. <laughs> See, that was my second guess, believe oh, no. it or not. Because Jack of Diamonds sounds like such a... Really? Jack of... Oh, okay. I mean, oh, let's let correct. it... Make, what, well, where's the Jack of Hearts? Where's where's that guy when we need him? There's another well, character. Dead. There's a character. He's dead, Eddie. Who only had a four-issue series. He's dead? Yeah, he died at, you know, right before uh, New Avengers, which I'm currently reading with Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, good for you and your... Starting. All right, 1189. This is our third and final question. Who, this is, okay, who killed Scott Summers' mother? Another Scott question. Man, just nothing, they have a vendetta against Scotty. <laughs> and two of the same answers, possibly. Who killed Scott Summers' mother? Was it Apocalypse, Magneto, Mr. Sinister, or Jack of Hearts, <laughs> or Diamonds, or, or Emperor Deken Naranani? Again, I've not heard of Emperor well, Deken Nanarami. I think that Naranami. was. The, I think it was him because of the fact of the whole Star Jammers thing. But an emperor, which to me sounds like Japanese type of thing, mm. who killed Scott Summers' mother? And old, I'm trying to place who age. that person is and what her name was, but I'm getting stuck on Colonel Mustard, his father, <laughs> Corsair. That's always a good answer. That's right? always a good. So choice. you want to go with the emperor? He struck back. He struck back. At his mother. Okay. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, it's this is one of those where I'm like, I don't really know. And that was a guess. Yeah, I suppose. I was just Scott Summers' mother. And when? What storyline? Do we remember this even happening? I guess if we did, yeah, we'd have a better guess. Probably. Right. Okay. Tina, you're gonna go with whatever we said. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Magneto. Just to you're gonna say Magneto. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, Colonel Mustard. At least in the movie, Magneto killed. No, 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 no. Kevin Bacon's character killed Magneto's mother. Excuse me. Ah, Man, I forgot he was in that movie. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That truly Um, is a degree of separation. I I don't know. I, I... Pick a different one. Apocalypse A. Here we go. Apocalypse Now. Oh, it's not. Okay. It was wrong. And it's the Emperor. Oh. <laughs> called it. Called it. Called it. Okay. My, my Peter's senses were tingling. My three questions are up for now. I think my that's three enough torture. Sons. That's exactly right. Fred McMurray. Three's Company 2. Hi, this is Casey from Casey's Fun Faces, and you're listening to The Marvelous with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Hey, it's Eddie Wilson making another cosplay connection in this marvelous March. We're featuring women in comics on the phone right now. I want to welcome in Facebook friend and in-person friend as well, Casey Miranda. Thank you. How are you today? Doing good here and throughout this month of March, primarily by the Captain Marvel movie, wanted to just talk to women in particular that are doing their thing. What got you into and when into the whole cosplay thing? It actually all happened by accident. I went to college to be a dental hygienist. I did that for a bunch of years. And then I randomly just started doing face painting for fun on my children. I was supposed to do an event and I decided I wanted to dress up as Ariel. So I made my own Little Mermaid costume, showed up at the event, and I face painted as Ariel. And that was it. Everyone just started asking me, can you do this princess? Can you do that princess? And it just became so popular that I just kept adding costumes. And that's how it started. How would you say either old you were or Um, what year was it? Well, let's see. I'm 39 right now, so that was about five years ago. So I started a little late. (laughs) I mean, I've always loved princess stuff, and it was always like a dream to be a princess at Disney. So I kind of had to make it happen for myself, because at that point I was too old to actually do that. I think they have an age limit. So I kind of just did it for fun, and everyone just seemed to love it. So I got to be my the princesses when I wanted to and create the costumes how I wanted to. I met you at a con, Hudson Valley Comic Con in uh, Poughkeepsie, which is a little ways off from where you are. You're based out of, I thought it was Massachusetts, but you said Rhode Island, I think. Yeah, I'm originally from Fall River, Massachusetts, also known as where Lizzie Borden is from. Oh. Yep, and I moved to East Providence, Rhode Island, about seven years ago when I met my husband. And that doesn't stop you from going to various cons, I think. you've Actually, yeah, New York is probably the furthest one. I mean, I'm, in the future, I am planning to go to different ones, but I have four children. I run my own business, and it costs money, too, you know? So New York is usually the furthest that I go at this moment. And the business we're talking about is? I own a business called Casey's Fun Faces, and that started before the cosplay. And that was just face painting in the beginning. And then I started adding the costumes and the characters. So you were already kind of established with face painting as a business. Yes. Wow. I was working at the dentist during the week, cleaning teeth. And then on weekends, I would do face painting for birthday parties and different events. And I have to add to you, you do have a wonderful smile, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> All the pearly whites showing. All right. <laughs> so it started with Ariel. Definitely started with Ariel. And then the next one was Jasmine from Aladdin. That one's difficult. Her wig is really difficult. But she's an older princess, so not too many people booked her. I kind of did her for myself because I love Jasmine. And then it was Belle. And then Frozen had come out that year. So people started asking me to play Elsa. I am Portuguese, Mm -hmm. so I have olive skin and very dark hair and eyebrows. So I did not want to do Elsa at first. So I compromised and I said, well, I'll do Anna. Plus, she's an easier cosplay. 
I did Anna. Everyone still wanted Elsa. So I finally gave in and I finally did Elsa. And I don't know. I don't think I looked terrible at it, but I wasn't like happy with it. But everyone seemed to love it. So Elsa, the first year that I did this was pretty much what I did every weekend. So I've been Elsa quite a few times. So the face painting kind of goes in with the princesses. Those two go together when you do an event pretty much? or there's They bar- do, yeah. Very rarely. Like, I wanted my business to be a little different. I didn't want to just show up as a princess. And I don't sing. A lot of the princess companies, they sing as the princess. I don't sing or I don't feel comfortable singing. Mm. So instead, I'm the face painting princess or character. So when they get a party through me, the character always face paints. Or I, I added something called glitter tattoos. How long does one of those events last when you get one? An average birthday party lasts about an hour, depending on how many children they have. So one to two hours. And in your area, I guess, how often a month, let's say? Oh, I'm doing this every weekend, even during the week sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Something you might not have thought of. I quit my job at the dentist. I haven't worked at the dentist in almost three years. Yeah. Glad it's worked out for you that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Other characters that you've branched out into, I'll get into what I know. Well, definitely Wonder Woman. She was my favorite. So when I started doing superheroes, again, I did Wonder Woman for myself. And then, of course, everyone loves her. And then the new movie came out. So I did like a really, first it was a cheesy Wonder Woman costume that you get at like Party City just for the kids' birthday parties, just to make sure it's appropriate. When the Wonder Woman movie came out, I got the Gal Gadot version. And I just love that one. I love being in that costume. I don't really wear that one for kids' birthday parties. I kind of wear, like, the more the classic one when I do kids' stuff. That was probably the first superhero costume for you then? That was, yes. And from there, it's gone to what other ones? Last year, when I met you at Hudson, that was kind of like when I started going to any other con besides the Rhode Island Comic Con. That's when I started meeting people and branching out into all these different characters. So now I do the Mary Jane version of Spider-Girl. That one's been pretty popular. Of course, I have Captain Marvel. (laughs) But I do the comic book version of Captain Marvel. I love the Zentai suit. I'm in love with Zentai suits now. Mm -hmm. So if there's like a version of a character I can do with a Zentai, that's what I've been doing. What does that actually mean, that type? Oh, a Zentai suit? It's like a very form-fitting, stretchy suit. Just think of Spider-Man. It's pretty much what Spider-Man wears. So anything like that. So stretchy bodysuit. And I do have Batgirl, but she's not up to par. Like, I would wear her for a kid's birthday, but I wouldn't wear her to a con. So I have different suits that are, like, some that I just do for birthdays, but I wouldn't wear to cons. Because I don't think the quality is good enough, if that makes sense. Harley Quinn, the Suicide Squad version of Harley Quinn that I would wear to either one, but I modify it when I wear it to kids' birthdays to make it more kid-friendly. The one I met you at was? It was Hudson Valley in New York, and that was a little different. It wasn't Captain America, but it was Captain America-inspired, so it's actually a pinup girl costume, but I use Captain America as an inspiration for it. You know what? It works. Yes, I'm glad you liked it. No, no question <laughs> about it. And I got some it. great pictures from you from that, too. Thank you. A little impromptu photo shoot, yeah. And thank you for allowing that to happen as well. Yep, so I do Queen Mera also. Aquaman came out, obviously, and Queen Mera is beautiful. I love being a redhead. So I, I'm going to be doing a lot of characters with red hair. I just love wearing that wig. I have a surprise one coming out that I'm not telling anyone. Only my husband knows. He's the only one that knows the next one. Only give you a clue, she'll have red hair. That's all I can tell you. I can think of um, one. So- I, I shouldn't try to guess it out of you. <laughs> I definitely, I love being Queen Mera. My husband actually helped me make my uh, trident for her. I also do Black Widow, another redhead, but mm. it's shorter hair. 
And then I just kind of just do other random characters, too. Like, there's a show that's called Once Upon a Time. I've done The Witch, Zelina. She's the Wicked Witch version from that show. That I did that at Rhode Island Comic Con. That was very popular. I had to paint myself green. That was really tough to take off, but it was fun. Something different, you know? It can be, and I know you do the makeup well also, but to go that length is another possible uh, level. It is. It took me two hours to do my makeup for Zelina for the Wicked Witch. Yeah, and it may not be for uh, for everybody, but I have seen it no. and I've been like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I have not seen Casey like this before. This is cool. No, I did a zombie version of Dorothy for my friends. He has a zombie booth at Rhode Island Comic Con. They raise money for cancer and the theme is zombies. And so I transformed one of my old Dorothy costumes into a zombie. I did my face and it was a lot of fun. I've never, I'm usually like pretty characters. So it's kind of nice to be ugly and scary sometimes. It, it was horrible. It was time. It was oh, different, you know? It sure was. I didn't see you personally as the zombie Dorothy, but as regular Dorothy. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. You know, and you also... Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, I did that one too. Yep. But it's good to have the range and the versatility and to go along with that. Maybe, and it's a, I guess it's a tribute, it's a personal thing. You do have some tattoos that I think you are... I do. <laughs> ...that you are a favorite of. Yeah, I have a... Wonder Woman tattoo on my left thigh, and I recently just added the new Wonder Woman logo underneath. I also have a Poison Ivy tattoo on my right thigh. I just love her. I think she's gorgeous. And what else? Some like little random tattoos you get when you're young, like a dolphin, a sun and moon. And But the main ones are my Wonder Woman, my Poison Ivy, and then I have a... I kind of mashed them together. I did like a Batman Harley Quinn logo on my forearm. So that's a little different. And maybe a more recent one. Yeah, the most recent one was the Wonder Woman logo that I added to the bottom of Wonder Woman. Because it looked funny. I had Wonder Woman and it ended at her like knee area. So right. when I would have like a skirt on, you couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I need to add something there. And, you know, what better to add than the logo? And it just looks perfect with it. I've seen a couple other ones if you want to explain the significance as well. And those are a couple of pink ribbons. <laughs> pink ribbons, yes. Or bows. I was not playing... Two pink bows on the back of my legs. I wasn't planning on those. My husband just sent me a pic one day as a joke, and he's like, oh, look how cute these are. And um, some girl had them, and I thought they were adorable. And I was like, oh, I want to get those. But it was just like a spur-of-the-moment thing, and it just reminds me of like a pinup, you know? So I kind of liked them. It was different. And that maybe dictates your decision as to where you put the tattoo in general on yourself? Yeah, definitely. That's where you would put that. Because back in the old days, the pinups had the stockings that had the line that goes up the back of the leg. Yes. And there was like a little bow at the top. And that's supposed to be what that is. And you decided to put Wonder Woman and Poison Ivy on your legs instead of another spot to... Definitely wanted them to be noticed, but obviously your thigh is, has a, a larger area, more space. That was a reason. And I can also hide them if I need to, because if I'm doing a kid's birthday party, I kind of need to hide my tattoos depending on what character I am. So I try to avoid doing things on my arms for that reason. Especially if I'm a princess, I can't have a Wonder Woman tattoo on my arm. I do have the one on my forearm now, which I put a little bit of makeup on when I try to cover it up the best I can. So I have to avoid my arms for now until I stop doing the princess stuff. I will get them eventually. So there may be more tattoos in the future. Oh, no doubt. There's definitely more tattoos. Oh, yeah. But for now, I have to put them in spots where I can kind of cover up or hide easily so it's not too much effort. Anything in the future coming up that you're like, you know, I really want to do that someday. When I get the time, any other future cosplays that you foresee or shows that you're usually going to or want to go to? 
I definitely want to go to um, Wizard World, I believe it's called. Am I correct on that? The one in... Um, I think they go in a, they're in a couple of states. I don't think it's just in one state, but I definitely want to do that one. I heard that one was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then PAX East is coming up, but it always sells out. So I missed out on tickets again for that one. And I want to bring my children. Yeah. That one is more like video games and anime. I don't personally do characters like that, but it's still fun to go to. I might do some sort of Pokemon-inspired cosplay to go with that. Another area for you to branch out into, not just yeah. the superheroes and the yeah, cartoon. Yeah, I wouldn't like, look so much like a Pokemon, but do like a sexy version of an Eevee or a Pikachu kind of thing, but not too sexy. You know, I have children, I have to be appropriate, but something cute like that. But that's as far as I go. I don't dislike anime, but I just don't really watch it, so I wouldn't know any characters to do, you know? Right. I want, when I do characters, I want a character I can kind of relate to a little bit. I won't just do one because it's popular. Any other ones that you've been to, shows... And or, like I said, going to? I have a bunch of them in Connecticut that I'll be going to again this summer. There's Terrificon at Mohegan Sun. There's the one at Foxwoods. There's one in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm definitely going to the Fan Expo Boston again this year. Um, oh, I actually will be in New York soon. I'm going to Empire State, which is coming up in Albany very soon. Yes, in April. So, um, yeah, I'll be going to that one. I'll actually be volunteering at the con on the Saturday. So I'll be a volunteer for the con, and then on Sunday, I'll be doing my own thing. I haven't decided yet what I'm wearing on the Sunday, but I do have an Arkham Knight Catwoman that I haven't worn yet, so possibly her. I haven't done her yet, so I'm excited about that. Now, from what you understand as far as a volunteering, and maybe it's your first one, I guess they'll give you a staff shirt and you'll be helping people? Yeah, exactly. So you sign up to volunteer. And you have no clue at first. You just tell them the day you're available, the hours. Sometimes you'll just be managing a line. Other times you get to be with a celebrity for the photo op. Or they probably will put me in the kids' con section, which would make sense. But I won't be in a costume. I'll be just wearing a volunteer shirt for the Saturday. Hey, it sounds like more experience. And you like doing it, and that's what is the motivator, I think, that drives you. Exactly. It has to be fun. If something's not fun, then why even bother? It has to be some type of reward from it, you know? Exactly. It's not all monetary all the time. Mm-mm. No, I don't get paid for that. Well, if people want to reach out and find you, how can they do that, Casey? I have a Facebook page. My personal one is Casey Miranda, and I have a cosplay page. It's Casey's Cosplay, very simple. And then my children's entertainment business, that is Casey's Fun Faces. And Casey as in C-A-S-E-Y. Yes, and I also have an Instagram for my cosplay. If you type in Casey Miranda 79 or Casey's Cosplay, that'll get you to my Instagram. Sounds good. Casey Miranda, thank you very much for talking to us, for making another cosplay connection. And we'll see you at a con. Oh, definitely. I hope to see you soon. Excelsior.